Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com and find them at FDIC at booth 2540. This podcast is brought to you by Flex 7 from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of enforced technology, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit tenkatafabrics.com slash Flex 7. Flex 7, powered by Enforced Technology, only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. TheFireStore.com, equipping protectors with passion. That's how they operate, and it's how they live. They understand that having the right gear can mean the difference between life and death. Their goal is to get you the gear you need when you need it at prices you can afford. Visit them at FDIC at Boots 110 and 111. I'll see you there. Hello, guys. Can you hear me? Tough. I can hear you. I lost you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened. Um, the switchboard just disappeared, so I'm using my phone to call in. Oh, are we on the air, or am I just talking okay. to you? Um, well, we're supposed to be on the air, but I hear nothing coming from the switchboard. Hmm. There's a commercial. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna try relaunching it. So just. Okay, I did hear the commercial. You did hear the commercial. I did hear the commercial, and then everything went dark. It went. Yeah, black, I don't know. know. What... Okay. Um. So again, the switchboard. All of a sudden, uh, Blog Talk Radio was gone. Uh, sorry, listeners. Um, we're gonna get this technical difficulty straightened out pretty quickly. Um, so let's see what we can get. Hi, welcome to Fire Grand Strategies and Other Stuff from the Street with Anthony Avillo and Jim Duffy on Fire Engineering Talk Radio, where firefighters come to share their knowledge, their ideas, their opinions, and most of all, have a little bit of fun at the same time. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Folks, um, I don't know if you could all hear the commercial. The, uh, like I said, the switchboard disappeared. Um, I do apologize for that. But um, listen, um, this program is made possible by MagnaGrip, Tenket, and TheFireStore.com. Um, 
these sponsors keep us going and much appreciated. Chief Avello, are you there? I am, Duff. How are you? Okay. I think we got the switchboard back under control. I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, went away. But listen, um, welcome to April's edition of Five Grand Strategies and Other Stuff in the Street on Fire Engineering Blog Talk Radio. Um, one of my favorite times of the month is coming up. My favorite times of the year, actually, is coming up in about a week. FDIC in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's um, it's an incredible, incredible show. I know most of our listeners do go to FDIC, but if you have never been there, I think you should really think about going. Put away your penny so you can afford airfare if you're far away. It's well worth it. Uh, very first time I went there, I've never been the same. Um, it's made some great changes in my life, and most firefighters know who've been there. Uh, to be better firefighters, better fire officers, and better fire chiefs. And you know what? Hopefully better people at the same time. But a quick description of what it is, if you're not uh, a regular uh, attendee, it is the largest firefighter conference in the world. Um, there'll be 30, about 33 to 35,000 firefighters there, uh, fire officers, firefighters, and fire chiefs not to mention the vendors, the vendors that help make this possible. Um, they are, are great. But the classes, there are hands-on classes. Um, there are four-hour workshops, more in-depth. And then there's uh, the classrooms. And the classroom sections, um, there's hundreds of them. Um, there's something for EMS. There's something for leadership. There's something for um, management. It's just an incredible, incredible event. And uh, this year is going to be a little different. It's going to be a little sad because Bobby Halton uh, passed away very recently. And um, the opening ceremony will be devoted to Bobby and a memorial to uh, Bobby Halton. And the fire service has been affected immensely by Bobby's being part of it. Um, he's definitely, I've been affected. I know Chief Avillo will agree with this. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, you know, if you get a chance, try to get out there this year. If not this year, think about going to in the future. Um, Chief Avillo, um, unfortunately, yeah. I can't be there because of uh, some family medical issues going on or were going on. Um, so I didn't put in this year because I didn't think I'd be able to attend uh, this April. Um, so I am, as it's getting closer, I'm deeply saddened and, and getting, uh, you know, a little worked up over it. But you know what? I'll be back next year. Um, Chief Villa, why don't you tell our audience what you're doing this year, what class okay. you're presenting? Well, the first thing I'll be doing is missing you. Um, it's definitely not going to be the same without you, Duff. There, there is no doubt. Um, you're one of the reasons I go, um, and uh, it won't be the same. Um, I will be doing strategic decision making. Um, I'm doing that on Wednesday, right after the opening ceremonies at 10:30. Uh, it's a class that uh, I've been doing for a little bit, but it changes every time I do it because. Uh, it's actually going to reflect a lot of the things that are in the new edition of Fireground Strategies, which will hopefully be out a little bit later in the year. 
and uh, a lot of it is going to, uh, you know, I'm just going to be talking about things, uh, things that you listen to, what strategies to to uh, use, and uh, once we have a chosen strategy, how to keep an eye out on whether it should change, and uh, you know, uh, it should be fun. It's, uh, it, you know, it's it's a you know it's like a four hour class shoved down into an hour and forty five minutes, which you know. I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm no different than anybody else. Ninety-nine percent of us uh, take their four-hour classes and and you know modify them to an hour and forty-five minutes for the classroom session. So I'm not doing a pre-conference workshop this year, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I'm I'm just uh, proud to be there. I think I'm doing a, a podcast. I'm doing um, filming something. I, I don't know what that is, but uh, I'll be there with the ISFSI and. Uh, just uh, doing, um, you know, doing the FDIC book signings and all the rest. And, uh, you know, I, um, I'll i be around. And um, I'm hoping to see, you know, all the people that share the passion that uh, that I do. Yeah, awesome. Um, kids is out of the park as usual, sir. Um, you just brought up another thing I was thinking about, FDIC. Don't forget the bookstore. There's a lot of new books coming out this year. Yes. There is a wealth of knowledge in that bookstore and from some of the greatest authors in the fire service, from older ones, um, people with their third and fourth editions of books, people the very first time they're writing. Um, there's an incredible, incredible amount of information. Um, if you don't want to carry it back on the airplane, you know, they'll ship it to you. But I, truly expect that you should be in that bookstore. Spend at least an hour there. Um, it's how we get better. I mean, going to classes is, is will help you get better, but sitting back and reading when you're in the firehouse and you have downtime, and I've worked as a fire pro, so the, occasionally there is some downtime. You're not running calls all day long and all night long. So there's great books to read. You know, you don't have to watch uh, stupid TV shows. You can read and you can educate yourself. So Definitely stop in a bookstore, meet the authors, talk to the instructors. I want to stress this. Um, the instructors are firefighters. They're not gods. They're not special people. They want to talk to you. They're a firefighter just like you. Some of them have more experience. Some of them can learn from you. Um, People who work in small rural departments have tactics that I never would have dreamed of how they get things done. So definitely talk to your instructors. They, they're not snobs. They want to talk to you. They want to hear from you. They want to know your opinions about things. And make sure you fill out the evaluation. That's how um, fire engineering and FDIC decide whether instructors are coming back. Good instructors, they invite back. If there's terrible reviews, they're not coming back. Be honest. Don't, you know, complain because you don't like the person. But uh, use the evaluations. I personally, I read every single evaluation, and I know Diane does too, but I try to better myself, and I change my class up sometimes based on what I'm told from the students, things that I overlooked or things that um, don't work in their type of district. So maybe I would add something more or a caveat to something I discussed. Um, but I try to improve and make myself 
better every time. But if you just fill out check marks with good, 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 um, I don't learn from that, so I don't get better. And I know Chief Villa is the same way. Right, Chief? Exactly. You know, I always tell people, write something down. You know, write, write you know, because I look and I see, you know, guys, Chief for 35 years, 25 years. And then, and then they just check a box. Don't just check a box. Write something down. Write what you liked. Write what you didn't. Write what you'd like to see. You know, it's, it's your know, And it's uh, important that you give feedback. Um, extremely important that you give the feedback. You know. Um, yeah, we can't we can't stress that enough, man. It, it is it is just uh, it's a great conference, but it's your conference, and the only way it gets better is if you give good feedback. And the other end of it is, as, and I'm sure Duff will, will talk about this, is anybody can teach there. You know, they, they prefer you. You write an article, and then you put that article in as a class, and you teach. Listen, I, I got my start there. Duffy got his start there. Everybody in there was, you know, uh, I hate to say it, a rookie. You know, uh, you know, their very first time, everybody that's there has had that. And there should be plenty more guys who just, doing their first time, you know, and so, you know, don't be afraid. You feel you got something to say, you know, step up to the plate, uh, write an article, put in for a class, and, and, you know, you never know. And don't give up on putting in for a class. You know, you're not always going to get every class you put in for. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, stay, stay the course and, and stay strong. And, and uh, if you got something to say, everybody wants to hear it. Chief, I have something to say. What do you mean you Duffy will tell you any, any – no, what you said, and I quote, Duffy will tell you anybody can teach there. That's what you said. <laughs> well, look, the, the, fact that, the fact that we're here, with me and you are teaching, anybody can teach. I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry it sounded that way. But yes. Yeah, man, I, I, I just started chuckling. There, you know? <laughs> if you're passionate, if you're way, passionate you know, about something – Please submit a class. I was rejected the first two times I put it up, Jesse, and I and I wasn't ever going to put in for it. A friend, Frank Ritchie, said, you know what? I've watched you teach. You should put in FDA. I said, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I can't. You know, I'm not good enough. So he called me once a week for a couple of months. And the last day of submissions, he calls me up and says, you better put in right now because I'm on my way over to your house. If you don't put in. So anyway, I did. I got rejected, and then I – now I wanted to do it, and I rewrote it and thought about it, and um, I've been teaching there ever since. It's been the mo- one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, other than being married. You know, my wife's a wonderful person. But um, it's exciting when you see people's – you know, like the bell goes off, and, and they say, oh, I know what you're talking about, or they like – and even when people have – different opinions it's a great conversation back and forth and uh and then there's the hallways um after hours things where you meet people and you have discussions you know i'm people from california alaska um new york which is my hometown but uh all over and we're all different but we're all exactly the same we're passionate firefighters that's why we do what we do i'm retired four years and how I hang on to the job of then stopping for coffee occasionally is going out and teaching. And, and it excites me. And um, 
it keeps me going. And, you know, I beat up, we've talked a lot about FDIC, but um, it's such an exciting experience and such a fulfilling experience if you go there as a student or as an instructor. Uh, so if you can get there by any means, get there. Um, I just want to discuss one more thing um, because um, the city just to north, I mean, we actually had Ryan Dunn, uh, Deputy Chief from Maryland Fire Department on our show a couple months ago. But today's uh, April issue of Fire Engineering came out, and I love what Chief David Rhodes wrote. He said he talked about all that was in the magazine, and he said, look at the cover. This is why we do what we do. Those exact words were, this is why we uh -huh. go to fires, because they were making a rescue at the window. And I think that was so awesome. And if you read the magazine, his editorial is right along with that. We go to fires to search. And um, I'm going to try to avoid getting on my high horse or on my soapbox, but that's what we do. There's so much discussion that we shouldn't be doing it sometimes. And sometimes they're absolutely right. We shouldn't be doing it. But we search. If there's any possibility, we search every time. Um, you know, it's like Shakespeare. To search and not to search, we search. Um, uh, John Norman said, I know. said you know, as long as there's a potential life hazard in a building, we have to go in. We have to attempt an offensive operation. Yep. And he also said that more lives have been saved by a properly placed and staffed hose line than any other action on the fire ground. Absolutely. So they go hand in hand. The engine the fire and, the, and the... Yep. So they go hand in hand. Um, but we're going off on a tangent. Yeah. Chief of yeah, Illinois no, has... I'm sorry, it's funny. Oh, I was it's... just going to talk about the cover. I was just talking, looking at it just as we were, like, lost on the air there. And I was looking at it, and, I, and when, as soon as I had the, the break in here, I was just going to talk about that cover in the Meriden Fire Department, man. So I'm, yep. I'm glad they had that cover on there because that is the result of training. That's the result of intensity. That's the result of, of a fire department that, that is 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 doing things right. Yeah. And, um, again, they're all personal friends of mine. So I worked with the Meriden Fire Department for 28 years. We're mutual aid partners. They're in the city just to the north of me. And both of, both of our departments have less than 100 men on duty. So we do a lot of mutual aid. You know, it's, um, it's just a fact of life, and it's going to lead to what our program is about later. But those guys, they have something. They train. But what they have is a can-do attitude. We're going to get it done no matter what. Um, I've seen good firefighters from, come in that department and great firefighters in that department. Sometimes some not so great, but that's just like any other department. But let me tell you, right now, um, they're, they're a department that we should all be looking up to them. They adapted, they overcome, and got the job done. A quick side note, those two guys that are on the cover, the guy in the window and the guy carrying the victim, there's a small department. Those same two guys came down from doing the, the VES. They raised the aerial device to the roof, and they cut the roof. Those same two guys. Even a larger city, you know, you do one job, you're done. These guys, you know, they're exhausted. They just carry the, you know, 
the kid who went in, and he's a young guy, um, he went in, there was a headboard in the way of the window, moved the headboard, crawled over the bed, closed the door, searched for the kid, found the kid, lifted him over the bed, and lifted him to the window and handed him to his partner on the ladder. And that was after raising the 35-foot ladder. Mm-hmm. They don't get a break. They, because there's not enough people in the mutual aid companies who are just starting to arrive, they raise the ladder and cut the roof. So um, VES is not just a big city tactic. It works well in smaller departments. Smaller volunteer departments with even less men than Maryland have can get that done. But you don't just try it by accident. You need to train to do it. Like you said, training, training, training is, is what it's all about. Um, sometimes in my classes we discuss, you know, whether some videos I've shown, would you, would you go in that window and search? They would say no, or I would say, well, I look at it and say, I think it's doable. But if you haven't practiced it, maybe it's not doable. You know, so training is everything. And I know it's the first place the budget's a cut, but training is doing it, and it, that can-do attitude is really important. Okay, folks, um, I'm, Anthony's going to have the floor left today because we're going to discuss his department or his type of department quite a bit. Um, tonight we're supposed to have a special guest who who couldn't make it tonight, and uh, so we're adapting because of some busy work in um, North Hudson Regional Fire Department. But I'm going to give you a hint who the guest is because he'll probably be back in the next two months. First time I saw him speaking, he said, and I quote, he said, you may be their officer, but make no mistake about it. Your crews will decide if you're their leader or not. I remember the first time I heard that. It was mm-hmm. I was sitting in the audience at FDIC, and he said something similar to that every year he spoke since. Um, and if you ever got a chance to talk to this gentleman, he's an amazing man. So I'm not going to tell you who it is because we'll announce it when he's coming. So tonight, Plan B, and a good firefighter always has Plan B, um, North Hudson Regional Fire Department, where uh, Chief Avila was the deputy chief there, is a regional fire department, and I'll let him give you more details in a little bit. But they had simultaneous multi-alarm fires, I think six times in that county in the last couple of weeks. So it made me think about that. And I live in an area where there's many, many cities that have three different fire departments working in one city, three separate, with three separate chiefs, radio frequencies, et cetera. Uh, so there's one that has five. So I want to talk about the pros and cons of both. Um, but Chief Avello was a firefighter in Weehawken. Is that what you saw? Correct, Chief? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So there are five cities or townships, whatever they are or were, um, and they operated, they're all different departments, but they did so much mutual aid together and, um, they finally, I'm think 11 or 12 years ago, Chief. Is that when when you when no. you combined? Uh, huh. 20, 24. 24 years. So you see, that's why yeah, he's going to talk crazy, and not right? me. 
But um, I'm going to talk about one drawback of his system. There are five different mayors and city councils as well. So, Chief, why don't you explain, to the, first of all, what happened in the last couple of weeks there, and then also explain how you became to be the department you are. There have been, I believe, seven multiple alarm fires in six days between uh, North Hudson and Jersey City. Jersey City, I believe, had two of them, and North Hudson, North Hudson had five of them. Um, North Hudson uh, recently, in the last, I'm going to say last four months, they had three instances of simultaneous multiple alarm fires uh, at one, you know, so at, at one time, right? So uh, I think I'm going to say in, in January, there was a, a four-story apartment building. Uh, fire started in the cellar and uh, wound up going through up the voids. That went to, I think, four alarms. They had a floor collapse. It was uh, an entire building collapsed the next day. Uh, about an hour into that job, they had a fully involved Bowstring Trust in Union City. It was a Salvation Army um, distribution center, sort of. It was an old, old Bowstring Trust. You know, North Hudson's in a place where you never have a fire without at least two exposure problems. And in this particular fire, there were probably three or four exposures, just the way the building sat in the neighborhood. You can you can Google those addresses uh, where those fires were. And all you got to do is Google, you know, uh, like Union City or West New York and just take a look at the uh, – at, 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 yeah, it's the most densely populated area in America. Um, so that was the first job. The second job came in about, uh, about six weeks later. Um, that one was a bunch of stores on Bergen Line Avenue, which is the uh, most congested street in the most congested county in America. And Bergen Line Avenue is, uh, you know, all old brace frame uh, stores, and uh, they wound up, I think they wound up, they wound up uh, like five stores were involved there on Bergen Line Avenue. And uh, about, again, about an hour into that job, further down on Bergen Line Avenue in Union City on 8th and 9th Street, they wound up with four um, mixed-use occupancies, wood frame. Uh, you guys might call them taxpayers. We call them mixed-use. But I, I think they had four involved down there. Um, you know, mutual aid from, you know, like all over the place. Um, and then just uh, this past week, they had a, uh, I think, five, five uh, wood frame buildings, like row houses in, uh, on uh, 8th Street in Union City. And almost simultaneously, they, they sent out uh, companies on a reduced response because they just had nobody left in the region, and they went to, uh, to Dodge Street and Weehawken. Uh, Weehawken's where the Lincoln Tunnel is, if you don't know what that is. But Dodge Street and Weehawken, and when they got there, they had two buildings fully involved, um, exposures on both sides and exposures on the Charlie side about 15 feet away. Uh, they, they pulled up there, I believe, with two engines and a ladder, and they didn't get help there for about, I'm going to say, about 25 minutes. Uh, that one went to six alarms. But, you know, incredibly, they, uh, they, the two buildings that were uh, fully involved, they, they also had a lot of damage to the, uh, the Bravo exposure, but they didn't lose it on the Charlie side. And, and if, you look, um, if you look at some of the video from that fire, it, it was an incredible amount of fire. Uh, the very next morning, on 19th Street in, in Union City, they had a, a, a three-story, again, braced wood frame with uh, an attached exposure. 
and uh, that one went to, I think, five alarms as well. You know, we, we roll with 30 guys on the first alarm, and you're dealing with buildings that are, you know, uh, attached on both sides uh, uh, or nearly attached in the rear, and, and sometimes the rear is, is not, not that it's attached, but there's, there's decks back there and, and sheds and things like that, and, uh, you know, so that went to, uh, like, five alarms. They, they, I, I'm not so sure. There could be an arsonist running around down there, but, um, um, you know, it taxed all the, all the resources. You know, you had uh, all the North Hudson companies. You had Jersey City and Hoboken and Bayonne and Kearney and Harrison, and then they brought in the Essex County Task Force and the Union County Task Force, which brought in uh, uh, Montclair and, and Belleville and Bloomfield and Chief, all these other departments. Chief, I want, to that, I want to interrupt you. Why don't you tell our listeners, because they're not familiar with how far that that's distances that they're coming from? Uh, probably Union County's probably coming. That's Elizabeth is down there. They're probably coming a good 15 miles away. Um, Essex County is probably a little less, maybe like maybe um, five to seven miles. So, you know, pretty, pretty far. Now, North Hudson itself is only about nine square miles. And um, a couple of those square miles is the swamps, you know, the Meadowlands out like going towards out towards like Giant Stadium down on the bottom of the hills. And uh, um, so, you know, the uh, uh, we we can get a lot of companies on the ground, the boots on the ground very, very quickly. But, you know, we only have so many guys. We have, I think, I think there's like 60, some maybe 62, 63 guys on duty. Um, you know, so they run uh, 10 engines, four ladders, a rescue, three battalions, safety officer, and a deputy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good amount, but I, when you're standing in front of a building that is two buildings on fire and the building next door is being being ignited and you're waiting for companies to come, it, it, you know, it's like they – and it's always rush hour there too, by the way, because the streets are really narrow and, uh, you know, it's uh, it, extremely challenging fires. And, and one, of the, one of the things about North Hudson is we had a lot of guys retire in the last, like, you know, maybe 10 years, so they're, they're still a pretty young department. But I'll tell you what, a lot of those guys cut their teeth, you know, very, very well. Uh, over the last couple of months down there. Um, uh, do you, you want to say anything, Duff, before I go into how the regionalization started? Yes, I do. Um, one thing you failed to mention was that the three-man engine and three-man trucks, yeah. you know, and um, and you're, you're in a high-rise area. You're in the cliffs where there, you know, there may be five stories on one side that are buried on the other side the wind coming off North Hudson, but where you go right across the Hudson River and have five-man engines and trucks, you know, and you're fighting the same types of buildings in North Hudson and Union City with three-man engine companies, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. sometimes um, people don't realize the difference between a well-staffed fire department and a department like yours is going to some of those fires that you go to, and I know that is you need three engines to get the line in operation on some of those mm-hmm. buildings, three engine companies to get a line in operation, you know, where in many other places, um, you know, the biggest, not many places, because most places don't, but you're running with three man engines and it, 
like you said, the most densely populated fire district in the country. You know, Union City is pretty insane. So you go back and you talk about how it was before the regionalization. And mm-hmm. the reason I asked you that we should discuss this was because of the fire duty you've been seeing, if you were still five independent companies with six people on in one city in Guttenberg and 10 people on in, in Weehawken, how it would have been impossible to manage. So today you've come to where you are and why don't you fill everybody in how you got to be the North Hudson Regional Fire Department. Well, in, uh, they had a couple of studies because it just made sense to be regional. I had a few studies over the years and, uh, not, everybody agreed that there should be a regional fire department. Hoboken was, uh, you know, included as well. Um, and, uh, then, uh, in, in the late nineties, Governor, uh, Whitman, uh, she gave, uh, an incentive to any organization, like incentive meaning a lot of money to any organization that uh, would regionalize. And uh, so it was sort of like the offer they couldn't refuse, you know. And uh, they, they wound up uh, merging North, North Bergen, Union City, West New York, Weehawken, and Guttenberg. Uh, Hoboken was supposed to be involved, and, and, and they just, just never got involved. There, there is some very strong rumor now that uh, Hoboken may be getting involved with Jersey City. And then, you know, I heard some other rumors going on that because here, we're 24 years in now. It was a 25-year contract. There's some interesting rumors uh, going on that there may be a full consolidation of of some of the Hudson County departments, or uh, somebody from North Hudson could be moving into a Jersey City Hoboken merger. Like, stay tuned because it's gonna it's gonna be kind of interesting going forward. Um, they're they're trying to work all the details out. I think it would be very very difficult to dissolve the department now. Um, but yeah, you're right. If you Union City back in 1992, um, they had a fire on Bergen Line Avenue, and, and behind the buildings that were burning, they had these, these smaller carriage houses, and they were all lighting off. And the fire wrapped around a block, and it lost like 24 buildings. It was a freezing night. I remember the next day we had a, we had a chop out telesquirt out of the ice, and uh, they lost like 24 buildings. And, um, you know, we would – from there, you know, the seeds were, re- you know, they were there. Like we were always dispatched out of the same place. We were on different frequencies, but eventually all the frequencies came together. Then we started doing what was called, um, we, we got into like what we were calling the North Hudson twist on the incident management system. And it was more along the lines of instead of relocating now, we, you would be on standby right from your firehouse because you might have a house in Union City two blocks away from a house in Weehawken that they were going to relocate to. So what the hell was the sense of relocating? They would just say, okay, you guys are on standby in that house if something else comes in in Weehawken. So that's automatic aid where if there was a, a, an alarm activation in West New York and they send three engines and a ladder and they, and they held back one engine, and another alarm activation or a report of fire came in in West New York, they wouldn't even ask if they had anyone available. They would send the closest three-in-one, or I think, I think back then uh, before it was, it was the closest four-in-one and chief would respond, regardless of, of whether, you know, they had companies to release in the, in, the, uh, in the town, you know, like in West New York, say. You know, so before we regionalized, I believe in Weehawken, 25% of our alarms uh, were, were out of town. 
So think about, you know, think about that. We were regionalized sort of without a contract. And, uh, you know, once we did regionalize, uh, on September 10th, 1999, I was a Weehawken Battalion Chief. September 11th, I'm sorry, not September, um, January 10th. January 11th, 1999, I was a North Hudson Battalion Chief. And, uh, you know, eventually they, they dropped all the department number, numbers and, 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 you know, it, it, it just became instead of, you know, engine, uh, 662 in North Bergen, it was just engine two, you know, so they, they changed all that. But, uh, you know, we, ha- we, we had our growing pains, of course, but we all, they knew it was going to work on the fire ground because it always did work on the fire ground. Everything else they said, well, we'll fix that later. And it took us, you know, it took us five years to get a unification contract. And we had, you know, I think we had seven different contracts and nine different vacation schedules, two different start times. I mean, it was, there was there was a lot going on that had to be managed early on, but but the fireground was the home run. On our best day in the old departments, you know, we we were never even as close to as good as our worst day in the in the regional department because just because it was just a better monster, and you know, it just just had to do it more boots on the ground, on, you know, under the same working under the same game plan, so to speak. And and I think you know that is 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 was the beauty of the regionalization, just, just same game plan. And, and, and to move that forward, a lot of the policies that we have and a lot of the ways that we work, Jersey City and Hoboken basically, you know, when we get to the fire ground, sort of work the same way with our accountability and that sort of thing and, and uh, interoperability with equipment and things like that. So, you know, I, I quite honestly, although Jersey City and Hoboken have different hygiene systems down there, we have all the adapters. I don't think it's that big of a stretch to, to – to, to merge all of those departments, you know, I mean, there, there would certainly be union issues and all that sort of stuff. But as far as operational, I don't think it would be that much different than it was 25 years ago. I really don't. Thing with Jersey City though is, you know, they're opening companies. They got five man engine companies. You know, five man ladders. We just don't have that. We, we still, in, in a way, I, I think the leadership, and and I don't mean on. The, the boots leadership, I mean the people above that, they still sort of have that small department mentalities. And that's why you're still seeing, you know, three, three companies, three guys on a rig. And, you know, in, instead of having 12 engines and six ladders, we have 10 engines and four ladders, you know. So, you know, I, 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 think, I think you have to have the capability in that area to run in-house to multiple alarms simultaneously. I, I, I think you need to have that capability. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe this is going to wake some people up. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's time has come. And I talk about this in the volunteer fire service especially, but many, many, and Connecticut is, you know, old Yankee attitudes not, you're not taking piece of my pie. Mm-hmm. There are seven cities in Connecticut that have different departments working within the same. And when I say city, it could be a town. Right. So um, actually the town closest to me, the city closest to me, you taught there, and I'm, I'm not going to get into names and who they are, but they have three different departments in that town. One mayor, one city council, but three separate departments with three separate chiefs, uh, one of them being a volunteer. And I understand all the politics involved in it. And I'm a buff. I listen on the scanner. And 
and again, I'm not being critical. I, I know it's difficult to switch from your frequency to your neighbor's frequency. Um, and I wonder, and, and a lot of times it's politics. A lot of times it's union politics. A lot of times it's budget, how it ends up the way it is. I'm going to move away from my immediate area, and I'm going to move to the southeast section of um, or the city. And this city, they actually build our submarines, our nuclear submarines are built there. Um, within that city, there are five different departments. Uh, one of them, the sub-base, has its only um, – actually, the sub-base, they don't – the sub-base has its own fire department. The city of Groton has its own fire center part of the city. Then there are multiple departments around them with different names. But there's, they don't play well together, in my opinion. I don't work there. I haven't been down there in a while. But there are times that one department on one side of the center part of the city will call a mutual aid on the other side of the, the city fire department. So the career department is in the middle in the volunteer department. They'll call the volunteer department on the other side to go. So they'll go lights and sirens to another district who's sitting in their firehouse. And to me, that's mind-boggling. Our citizens deserve better. There are other places in the southwestern part, a very well-to-do area of the state, where there are, again, five different departments within one city. Uh, some are career, some are volunteer, but they actually brought in an outside person, and I don't know what his title is. It's it's not cheap, but something to get them working together. The problem with this mm. is sometimes on the fire ground, they end up on the wrong channel. There's one department giving orders on their frequency, and a department where the fire is on the command channel isn't aware of it these things are happening and I think that's very dangerous for our citizens and for our firefighters. Mm -hmm. Now if we go just east of Hartford, there's another city, um, Manchester, that's consolidating. Now it's one, within one city, but there were several departments. They, I believe it's going to be July that it's going to be one department. Ultimately what this has done, it's increased the manpower across the board of all the departments, so there are more people responding to alarms. They have, you know, they do paramedic service, they do fire, they do rescue, they do hazmat. Um, but again, they were broken up into separate, but now they're all going to be working under the same incident command system, the same mm -hmm. command structure, non-fire. So the pecking order runs right down from the chief you know, with deputy chiefs and battalion chiefs and captains and lieutenants. Well, maybe they don't have captains, but I'm not sure. But they're all operating ahead of time on the same procedures and policies. They're going to train together more often. And I think that's a really, really good thing. Um, I worked in a combination department. Um, when I first got there, there would be many times that, there would be opposing lines pulled. The second due engine would pull their own line rather than doing water supply for the first engine and, and things like that. Um, today, it's truly a combination department. Everybody works under, the, again, the same chain of command. And um, 
everybody works together. But sometimes I, I wonder why we are where we are in some places. I think counties, example, Horry yeah. County in um, and Myrtle Beach is in Horry County. So Myrtle Beach is a, a city district within a large county fire department, and I understand that. Because it's not in one city. They're a separate city. The county works with them. They work together. Um, and I think it's, it's a prime example. We need to start looking that way. Um, I'm on my soapbox again, and I apologize for that. Um, I grew up on Long Island. I, I cut my teeth as a volunteer on Long Island. And there are 71 departments in Nassau County. 71. Mineola, where I was a volunteer, was... 2.2 square miles, very densely populated, you know, about 30,000 people, just under 30,000 people live there. Um, but two miles away from our fire headquarters is Wilson Park Fire Headquarters. They have the same ladder trucks, same number of engines, you know, so Mineola has, you know, four engines, two ladder trucks, and they're all in so finally, and I'm going to say within the last five years, the automatic aid you're talking about. There's a fire in Mineola at Tuesday afternoon at 10 o'clock in the morning. Wilson Park's automatically coming or Garden City's automatically coming to cover them because your manpower is not going to get 100% volunteer. they got 10-story buildings there, 100% volunteer. They, what I would love, I don't live there or pay taxes there, so this is easy for me to say this. Put a county department with like a four-man engine in the middle of the five cities or five towns, you know, so you get a quick hit on it in the afternoons. At 2 o'clock in the morning, you're getting, you know, 30 guys showing up at a, at a working fire. So I think consolidation, I think, is the answer. Um, you know, I just taught in Nebraska. Sometimes the mutual aid is, you know, 30 minutes away. How can you fix that? You know, duty companies. I think North, North Hudson um, hit the nail on the head with their consolidation. I think we need to do that in more places. I think more cities need, need to get rid of the, the districts and, and work under one mayor. I'll go back to North Hudson. Tell me what kind of problems you have with five different city councils and five different mayors when it comes to budget time. Um, I, I, I don't, I think the, one of the, the, historically, some of the mayors have just not, you know, they just don't get along, you know, um, they're, you know, politically on, on other sides of the fence at times. And, uh, you know, um, I, I, I think that sort of, sort of hurts the department in a way. Um, the, the thing with us too, there is a, a regional board. And the regional board is has representatives from each town, and uh, you know, so so a lot of the stuff goes like through the regional board. But you know, the, the mayors, of course, have a lot of say in it as well. Um, it's very political. Um, uh, I, I I don't think the politics always gets into the um, into the, the operations of the department. I think we're sort of uh, 
left alone a little bit, saying some of the mayors sometimes do, and, and you know, they sort of have to be a little, uh, you know, um, gently told, like, you know what, stay on your side of the line. Uh, you know, if, 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 if you want to get involved in, in what we're doing, then give us more people to help us. You know, um, and, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not – it's very political, and, and it's not very political. I, I, don't, I don't know if that sort of sounds the right way, but, but I, think, um, I think once you get to the fire ground, you know, the politics is, is, is not involved. Um, it, the politics is involved in, in a lot of other things, but uh, I just think that the, uh, you know, I, I think the fire ground just, just has always worked. You know, we've always managed to make it work. Like I said, now maybe, you know, you, have, you, know, you got these, you know, monster fires, you know, burning at the same time. Uh, you know, I, I think they have to take a harder look at, you know, at, at what a, a, you know, a major urban area fire department is supposed to look like. You know, yeah. They get it right, and I think they do a lot of things right. But uh, you know, they, uh, I, I think they just are not, you know, where they should be as far as the staffing. I mean, you know, you go online and uh, just somebody, you know, you just go type in Weehawk in New Jersey, uh, multiple alarm fire, and this thing that went on on Dodge Street and Jane Street the other night. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. You know, and, it, and they had no manpower there because everybody else was down on, on 8th and 9th Street in Union City. And, uh, you know, it, you just look at this fire and you're saying, oh, my God, you know, most apartments with full staffing are not going to handle this fire, you know. Um, but, you know, you, you talk about even the, even the things out, you know, in, uh, in, in Long Island, you know, like, hey, I see the same thing stuff here in Monmouth County, you know, they you have a department, and there's like four or five districts in there. They each have their own chief. Um, they they don't operate in the same way. Um, they when they bring in mutual aid, sometimes it comes from four or five towns away. You know, there's a thing out there called uh, I don't know the exact. I think it's the Resource Deployment Act. And the Resource Deployment Act basically says if you're not using the people that are closest to you, <laughs> then you're basically breaking the law. You know, um, yep. there have been there have been cases in in uh, in Sonoma County just recently, actually, where there was a a, a company that uh, had a, a duty crew on, and they stood there and watched this fire, and they watched companies go right past their firehouse, and they were never called to this building, and this building was rocking, and they were never called there, and and you like you know so so like who is going to you know, call these people on the carpet and and make them sort of, you know, you know, sort of have to. I hate to use the term man up because that's not the right term, but you know, make them, you know, do the right thing. You know, because what they call it down here, and I'm sure they call it every place else, is the buddy box. You know. Oh yeah. The buddy box. Your mutual aid uh, running order is based on the buddy box, and the buddy box can change every single time that. The chiefs change. You know, I don't like this guy here, but now the next chief comes in. And he does like this guy, so the guy that was, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's 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 just it's, it's extremely unprofessional to start with. And yeah, and you know what? I'm going to just finish this. What it says the most is that 
You care more about your relationships and, and your own little fiefdom than you do about the citizens you have sworn to protect. I agree. That's all I was going to say. It's, it's criminal. It's criminal. And I, I can't document this with facts right now. And I don't have them right in front of me. But people have died because of decisions like that. And mm-hmm. um, I can remember, and again, not for any other reason than ego, that I've gotten called in. Why did you call mutual aid? Well, on dispatch, I heard this, this, and this. I wanted to get them on the road, before, but you're not on scene yet. But you know what? I know when I get there that it's going to be bad. And if I get there and it's not bad, I can get on the radio and say, return them. Do you know what I mean? Right. If I wait if I wait till I arrive and make a decision to call mutual aid, I've lost that eight, eight or nine minutes, maybe ten minutes, yeah. that I could have had somebody on scene at the same time you know, minutes behind our companies, you know, and, and sometimes uh, I think a lot of times our egos get in the way in that. And uh, it's a shame. One of the good things that you have where you are, you have a director who handles all the budget stuff. The fire chief is operations only in North Hudson. Is that correct? Yeah, actually there's several directors. There's a director of communications okay. who runs fire control. There's a director who runs uh, administration and a director who runs operations. Right. So the chief does not have to get involved with the politics of of the mayors and, and the commission. He may have to testify or something, but the directors are doing it rather than the chief. So the chief can worry about data A operations and fire ground operations and the like, correct? Um, yes and no. You know what, the, the chief, um, some of the decisions that are made, not, not fire ground decisions, some of the decisions that are made are based on what the director is telling me should be doing. Yeah, well, that's you know politics. But, <laughs> but they're, not fire, they're not fire ground decisions. Could they affect the fire ground? Yeah, they could, but they, they don't normally affect the fire ground, but they're not necessarily fire ground decisions. They're more administrative yeah. decisions and, and off the fire ground type decisions. Yeah, and I think that's good where in Connecticut, the fire chief is the one who's submitting a budget every year and dealing with the town council. You know, some departments have commissioners in the middle, but the fire chief still has to come up with a budget and submit it to the commissioners. Um, So a lot of a chief in time in my area is taken up with that stuff. You know, and... um, it takes them away from, okay, we need a new ladder truck. What are we going to get? What kind of ladder truck? Or, you know what, um, we're going to do 8,000 calls this year. We have to look at our staffing. What what can we do about our staffing? Can we redeploy, you know, an engine to the other side of town or, or those kind of things that, that the chief is dealing with? Um, you know, you always need more manpower no matter where you are mm-hmm. in the country. You know, I, I am amazed sometimes when I look at pictures in New York. There's more people standing on the front lawn at a private dwelling fire than I have in my whole department, on duty and off duty. Mm-hmm. And not knocking them. They do an no. incredible job. And, um, you know, I have 
really, really close friends that I've known forever, you know, with 25-year careers, and they've only put a, a second bottle on once in that 25 years. They've never changed the cylinder. They go through one cylinder. My guys at every fire uh, were in three cylinders. You know, and and then a lot of times I used to have to stop. You know, you're done. You're done. No, I'm good. No, you're not good. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to take a break. And, uh, you know, I love their motivation, but there's a point, you know, you're in your third bottle. You know, you can't, I can't in good conscience put you back in again. Although, I'll be honest with you, I've done it multiple times. But, uh, you know, so there's a lot to be said. And my department's not the smallest department. Where I live, you know, there have been fires where rescues were made with one firefighter drove the engine and there was only one other person on the rig with him. And he was a yeah. fire police guy and made a rescue and then stretched the line. And, that, you know, and then people did ultimately start coming. But, um, yeah, I live in a rural community. Um, and it's changing to more of a bedroom community, but still, um, there's not the volunteers here in, in Durham, Connecticut. They're great, but there's not enough of them on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, right now I bet they'll get a good county, food. man. You know, it's the same down here. You know, just not, there's yeah, just not everywhere. enough of them. And, you know, um, it's you know, and and it's it's unfortunate. You know, years ago there were, but now not so much. Yeah. And I was teaching upstate. You know, they, they do a good job, but you know what? what? You know, you get it. They they work other jobs. They have other stuff going on in their lives. And, and, and you know, I've said this a million times. It has nothing to do with anything except um, uh, response times. That's all it is. Yeah. It's all about response time. There is, it, it is about nothing else. Give me the top five things it's about. One, two, three, four, and five is response time. You know? I got it how quick can you put water on a fire? There it is. If, if, you, if your response time's are lousy, you can't put water on a fire quick. You know, and it's, it's just unfortunate, but, you know, that's the way. Listen, that's the way it is. Be, being a volunteer is the most noble thing you can do, and, and I raise my hat to them. But you know what? There ain't no volunteer cops. Try and, try and introduce volunteer cops into a, in a, into a town on Long Island and see what happens. <laughs> Not going to happen. Know? Nah, you know, yeah, so, we, so, you know, as you say, it's unfair, you know, uh, they're willing to, to spend money on, on a police department, but they're not willing to spend money on a fire department. And the only time it comes up, only time it comes up is when they need the fire department. Fire department is one of those things, you know, uh, you know, um, out of sight, out of mind, right? So one of the things on that is we're our own worst enemy. And both on the sure. career side and the volunteer side, yeah, we can handle it. We can handle it. We can do it. We can do it. We keep getting more and more and more tasks to do. And you know, like you said, um, we're the Swiss Army knife of the public servants. Whatever nobody else does, the fire department does. But then take that a step further. Um, again, having been a volunteer, a very proud volunteer. Um, sure. We do not want we do not want somebody coming in to replace us. Um, we can do it. We can do it, and uh, we can do it most of the time. 
But again, Tuesday afternoon at 10 o'clock in the morning, how many people and what kind of time are you getting them? You know, I know where I live. Um, middle of, there used to be all farmers here where I live. It, it's not anymore. They're, they're commuting. So you don't have the daytime response. Like I said, they're awesome guys. They know what they're doing. I've never seen anybody able to move water better than these guys do. You know, it's world water supply, tanker shuttles, and they're amazing. Oh, God, yes. We can't do that stuff. They're good at what they do. Nope, I'm a city kid. I yeah. learned about it. Well, it comes um, out of a faucet and a hydrant. <laughs> yep. So, um, you know, and I do think that the the volunteer departments need to start, although they are starting to work together better, um, much, much better with the automatic aid. I think that's making a tremendous difference. Yes. It used to be they couldn't come until you arrived on scene and called them, mm-hmm. you know. Now it's automatic aid. You know, there's RIT teams coming from the neighboring community. The RIT team is almost never from the home community. There's someone coming that's responsible just for that. And I think that's wonderful. And then they put them to work. In some cases. I won't say In some cases, but all cases. They're, they're doing a good deal of automatic aid here now, and, and you know, especially during the day, like, you know, you got something. Looks like it sounds like something. They're gonna, you know, um, they're gonna they're gonna bang you know bang departments out from different areas, things like that. And that's all. That's all good stuff. It is all good stuff. But you know, again, there's 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 you know response times and things like that. You know, and uh, you know, and and when the response times are are excessive, um, you know, it, it, it's not good, right? Got to get water on a fire. That, that's that's what it's all about. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I, I a, think. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm listening to you. I, I'm actually doing a class uh, on uh, on Thursday night. It's it's a high rise class, and um, it's a bunch of different departments that are coming together to uh, start to talk about. You know, we have these a couple of these high rise buildings in the towns we have, and you know, we know that we're not putting these things out by ourselves. So let's start to let's start to look at a plan. Let's start to get a plan together. And, you know, let's let's figure this out, you know, and, and I think they're doing all the right things, you know. So uh, they asked me to come and talk a little bit about high rises and, you know, um, maybe kind of help, help them a little bit. We're coming up with this plan and, and you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's a great thing. And, I, you know, I think when departments don't embrace this type of thing and then they get a job in a high rise or or, you know, a senior citizen's home or something, you know, and, and people and people, you know, uh, people die. I mean, like, you know, and then, you know, then everybody's pointing fingers. And you know what? Don't point the fingers after the fire. You know, start to work together before the fire. Yep. And you've seen a lot of that in uh, Westchester County, New York. You know, uh, Dutchess County, New York. It's um, The volunteer fire departments are being mandated to start doing this together. Um, countywide dispatch. So it's not the fire chief's job to decide whether there's going to be order made. If someone says this, this, or this on the phone, I smell smoke. You're getting a RIT team from the next community. You're getting an extra engine from the next community automatically right. during the day. And then after mm-hmm. 8 o'clock at night, we drop that down and for other cues. You know, you can set that up in the CAD system. The CAD system today, you know, 
They'll tell you what color pants to put on to before you go on a run if if you wanted yeah. to. But um, it can be broken down from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. You get an extra engine from the city next door automatically, especially in volunteer departments. Um, yeah. There are depa- there are departments now in Connecticut and it's all over the country. They become in combination departments, but they start with paid drivers, or they put mm-hmm. on a three-man company between the hours of 6 a.m. and 7 p.m. So yeah. there's three guys on duty. Kagan? We're we're starting to see a bunch of that here, where they're yeah, you know, the drivers works. are a couple of guys on duty. <laughs> Chief, stand by a second. I got a caller. Sure. Chief Duffy here. Who do we have on the phone with the 661 area code? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello, hello, hello. Who am I speaking to? (laughs) Someone you know very well. (laughs) I'm calling from Tennessee. Hello, Tennessee. Hello, Peggy Murphy Duffy. How you doing? (laughs) Are you just listening or do you have something to add? I was just listening, and I needed to hear your voice. <laughs> oh. Hey, this is family, guys. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on mute so we can continue our conversation. You're more than welcome to listen or something to add, because I know you have family who were volunteers years ago, too. Um, the world has changed. Still, and, yeah. yeah, I'm from a fireman family, so, you know. Okay, I will just listen. Thank you for letting me talk. Okay, very nice to hear your voice. So that was my sister-in-law. Um, uh, wow. She lives in Tennessee. Wow. So we so, got people from Tennessee listening. Look at us. Well, we got yeah, look at us. Right? We got lots of people listening. <laughs> so anyway, um, we need to work on that. And again, there are so many. You go out to Colorado. They have West Metro which is the mm-hmm. whole western side of Denver, the, the city of Denver, part of it. West Metro, I think, is seven cities, all same departments, and some, the hundreds of miles they cover. But, you know, you're deployed to your area. You know, maybe on overtime, you know, they'll move you up north or something. But it's, you know, and there's Metro West out in um, Minnesota as well. You know, so mm-hmm. they are doing this, and it helps. If you're not a metropolitan area, how I live in Durham. Um, it's 26 square miles, and about 6,000 people live here. Can they afford to pay a fire department to protect Durham for the one fire or two fires they get a year? So something has to – something financially has to happen. You know, let's – Durham and Middlefield get together – hire a three-man engine company during the day. Or, you know, if you do an EMS. Our school districts are merged. Why can't we do that with the fire departments? So uh, school district number 10 has, and I'm making up school district number 10, has five cities and towns that are a part of it. So the school district and the busing for all the schools is coming out of the same taxpayer funds of the five or six towns. Why can't they put a daytime engine on for those? 
I just think it's a, a very valid way to spend, because a big problem is taxpayer money. Um, yeah. Wallingford is woefully understaffed, you know, and uh, three-man engines in, in North Hudson is insane, <laughs> you know. Um, right. I, I worked on three-man engines and three-man trucks in Wallingford. It's crazy. And mm-hmm. we we could not handle two additional alarm fires in the city at the same time. We just couldn't do it. It was impossible. If we had anything of any significance. Say again? Neither can we. Yeah. Um, But your significant and my significance is very different. Yeah. You know, I I get a, a condo complex and I'm done. And I have two mutual aid to handle the condo complex. And if something happens mm-hmm. on other areas of town, be them EMS responses or another fire. And I've, I've been working when that happens. And, uh, you know, we have paramedic engines. And sometimes we lose a firefighter to take a patient in with a private ambulance company. Now you got a first-in engine has two people on it. And it's a working fire with reported people trapped. Next engine is three minutes later. You know, again, that's crazy. Yeah. Yep. You know, the, the departments down the here that, that have that too. You know, they, you know, they have you know, ten guys on duty, but you know, a few of them may be out on the ambulance. You know, so yeah, I think, I think regionalization or consolidation will help, and I and I know. Sometimes just a support measure for the volunteer cities and towns, a daytime career company will help alleviate some of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier today, one of the problems, but we have cities that within their own city, they're separating departments, you know, and I I think that's uh, dangerous, especially if you have two different frequencies. If you're on two separate frequencies, that's how people die. And um, I don't know yeah, what the answer to that is. Died. Yeah. Well, that's what, kind of what I said. I didn't use the word firefighter, but yeah. Right. Both, yeah. Mayday, 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 and nobody hears you. Mm-hmm. Um, or opposing hose streams or venting behind the engine company, you know, because the order came from somebody on a different frequency. Um, again, we shouldn't be there. This is 2023. We need to do better. But I'm seeing a lot of improvement. Like I said, Manchester, Connecticut, they're going to make one fire department with one chief and then one deputy chief and then another assistant chief and then there'll be battalion chiefs and captains and, you know, just throughout the whole city, all on one battle plan. So right. they did a similar thing with, uh, well, same thing really with Hamilton, Hamilton, New Jersey, out by Trenton. They regionalized, I think, you know, eight different uh, different agencies that were all, you know, uh, apart, and now they're all they're all one fire department. And it's the same with Joey Alvarez, who's now the chief of uh, of uh, West Essex. I think it's called West Essex, something like that. And uh, yep. he's the chief out there. They regionalized two fire departments out there, and. You know, they're doing okay. They they have their growing pains and uh you know, but uh 
you know, it, it'll get it gets better. You know, it'll get better. There's, there's the growing pains are, are something that's going to happen. And you know, it's hard to put a part of the, a regionalized departments on paper, um, and then try to put it out on the street. I, we had it on the street, I think, first before they were able to figure everything else out as far as administratively. And I think that's one of the things that made it work as good as it did. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you guys did it right. I think it's um, where we need to be. And again, you see this down south all the time, all the county fire departments. Mm -hmm. Um, Look at Montgomery County in Maryland. Yeah. You know, all Florida, all of Florida. Yep, and and I think it works. But you can have your own identities at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what works. Like if there's a big city in the middle of that county, you don't have to be part of it, but you need to have a very good mutual aid relationship. You know, and I'll again, I'll say Myrtle Beach, for example, in Horry County. Yes, it's the Myrtle Beach Fire Department. They're within... Horry County, but they train together. They work together. I don't know how well that is, how well they train together, but they, you know, they understand each other and they communicate and the radios are on the same frequency if they need to be. You know, and, yeah. um, Good. you know, put it, put everybody on the same page. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you, brother. I hear you too, mm-hmm. uh, but I think, but I think we beat this horse to death tonight. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna go go back to our opening FDIC. Um, get there if you can. Thirty-five thousand firefighters can't be wrong. Um, I always say it recharges my battery, and I'm sure I'm not the first one to say that. I probably heard it from somebody else before. Um, now that I'm retired, it's not as necessary. But when I was working, you know, I loved my job. But man, oh man, the administrative stuff and some of the stuff, it would frustrate me, and I would get tired. And you know, I'd go out to FDIC for a week. Yeah, I'd get cranky. I, I'm not gonna lie. I asked the guys who work for me. They would tell me, "Hey, you're getting cranky again, chief." <laughs> you know, I go, "I'm sorry." You know, and they were right. Um. But I'd go out to FDIC for a week, go to classes, talk to the people that I love. I mean, I love people here, too. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, but I made some wonderful friends there. I've gone to yes, classes wonderful. of people I've never heard of um, and learned stuff from them. And and I always come back. I'm always excited. And then when I get back to you know, do, do my first morning meeting, because I did a morning meeting every day, say, okay. What are we going to be doing new now? I go, nah, nothing. You know, but uh, I said, I'll be re-excited again and let's get back to work, you know. Because exactly. um, I knew better than to say, okay, I learned this at FDIC. We're going to do this now. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although you could ease it in and, and talk about it and, and talk amongst all the shifts and the other officers and maybe change something. Maybe not. Um, yeah. But you can't just go to a class and come back and say, this is what we're going to do from now on. But anyway. All change starts a little at a time. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So um, Mm -hmm. all my friends and instructors and new people going to FDIC, 
Number one, enjoy the classes, but enjoy all that the nightlife has to offer. Go to the places, talk to people, uh, share stories in the hallway, share stories over beer in in uh, in some of the clubs, in the bars. Go to the yep. Slippery Noodle with some real good um, blues music on the corner down there, um, some fine meals. Have a great time, but make sure you get back and you're not to have too many things so you can't go to classes in the morning. The classes are why you're there. Um, and Especially if you're doing hands-on. Say again? Especially if you're doing hands-on. Don't stay out too late. Yeah, when I did hands-on, I didn't go out at all. <laughs> I'd be in bed by 9 o'clock. Yeah. But, um, but uh, just, just another thing, too, Duff. I'm, I'm actually, you're not going to be there, but I'm doing the radio show uh, on the I know. 24th I'll call at, in. Two, at 2 o'clock. So maybe you maybe you can call in. Yeah, we did we did that one year. My brother was sick. I I called in. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be doing it at two o'clock on the twenty fourth. Uh, I I don't know who the guests I'm gonna have are yet. I'll probably just grab somebody. Uh, right That's off what the we sh- did. Show floor. <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, and talk. Yeah, there's, so there's plenty of. People. You got all of those good friends out there you can drag in with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, bring bring Jerry Tracy and Jack Murphy. There's a good chance I get them or Sylvanel or Zaitz or any of those lunatics, and uh, we'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. It won't be the same without you, but it'll be good. Yeah, thank you for making me feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so brother. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to close what I always say, um, firefighters. Um, we get our salaries from the government, which is money from the taxpayers. If you do fundraisers to buy new fire trucks for your volunteer fire department, it comes from the taxpayers. So with that in mind, when you're shopping and you have a choice, try to buy Made in America products because that means our people are working. When our people are working, they pay their taxes and they like the fire department even more. Um, but all in all, um, we need to take care of each other. Um, so when you have a chance, and you can't always, I'm sitting talking to you on a computer. Um, you can't buy a computer made in America, and I understand that. But if you have a choice, please try to do that. And one more thing, everybody stay safe, keep training, keep your head on a swivel, and uh, keep your rescue crews safe. Chief Avello, your closing remarks? Ditto to you, Duffy. Ditto on all that stuff Duff said. And uh, everybody hope to see you out at the FDIC. And uh, thank you, Duffy, and good night, Peggy. <laughs> hey, uh, Chief, one more thing. Grab me a couple copies of the April uh, Fire Engineering Magazine because I want oh, to drop them off in Maryland. You know, um, you know, they get one copy over their headquarters, and you know, there's yeah. a hundred guys I'll, there. I'll make so sure I grab go. Yeah, yeah. I'll make sure I grab some. Or call Diane. Yeah, you know what? I, I'll I'll do that. But I you know what? I'm not calling her. You know what? I'm not calling her right now. FDIC is next week. She's got too much to do. <laughs> You're right. You're right. So I will take care of it. Yeah, you know, just take right. a handful. You know, stick it in your bag. And, I will. Uh, I'll see you when you're in. When are you going to be in Greenwich? May? Uh, yeah, May. 
Okay, I'll see. I'll, I'll get him in May, and then I'll come over and say, oh, give me an excuse to come down and see Justin. There you go, man. Yeah, we'll have lunch or we'll have dinner or something. There you go. All the above. All right, brother. You stay be safe, safe, my friend. And to Love all you, our man. listeners, okay. be safe till next time. Love you all. That's it, man. Love you all.